The coronavirus pandemic has forced organisations large and small to quickly adapt to remote working. But while working from home does allow employees to continue their jobs, it also brings additional risks around security and privacy. I'm Danny Palmer, this is ZDNet Security Update, and with me to talk about the risks around remote working is Camilla Winlow, Director of Consultancy at data protection firm DQM GRC. Thanks for joining me, Camilla. So first of all, what are some of the additional risks that have been found around uh, the world of remote working now? We're almost all doing it. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, the biggest thing that's happened is that most organizations did this really, really fast. So it's been really interesting talking to clients who've turned out that they can revolutionize their business processes in a matter of weeks when they have previously possibly thought that was impossible or really difficult to do in less than months. Um, and while it is amazing and a credit to the innovation that we see around us in businesses around the country, um, the problem that that brings is that a lot of the time the decisions and the choices and the changes that have had to be made have been done really quickly and things get missed. And it's also introduced new risks that we haven't had enough time to properly assess. So you see organizations, like really simple things, like you know you've had no choice but to send people home so they can work from home. Um, but the people that they live with probably would not have been given an access card to the office or they may not have been given access to the particular part of the office that a particular person works in, and you don't know who they are. Do they work for the competition? Are they dangerous in some way? Is it fine? Are these people in a position where they can get privacy that's appropriate for the work that you're asking them to do? Um, all of those can be challenges, and they're quite hard to understand, and they definitely aren't things that we had time to address before we had to send everybody home. So we're kind of playing catch up on that. And what comes with that is it's not just people like me who realize that you've got a problem with that. Um, so do the bad guys. So we've seen a massive increase in the number of attacks that have been happening and particularly ones that are themed around COVID. So people are particularly looking at coronavirus as an opportunity to um, cause problems and to test out where there might be failures in processes. Um, and some of the obvious areas that you can have failures are, you know, organisations have suddenly had to open up their security perimeter so that they can have logins coming from a wide variety of new places. People are using domestic technology. Um, the chances of the people who put that technology in really understanding how to set it up in a proper information security way, very low. And at the moment, although privacy by default is the law, it's not yet the practice. So actually, there's a good chance that there's vulnerabilities and problems in the devices that are on people's own networks that they've, they've set up themselves that you wouldn't see in an office. So all of those things together mean that actually you're looking at a, an organization that's had to focus on keeping the lights on, keeping the operations going. Um, and now we're seeing that actually all of that has happened and organizations are starting to take a breath um, and start thinking about actually how do you risk assess it? How do you close those loops, loopholes? How do you find out whether anything bad has actually happened in the period that they've been opened? And just at the same time, we're all starting to have to prepare for going back to work because we're expecting to hear that the lockdown's being eased soon. So it's really, really tough on anybody who's trying to keep information safe right now. 
You raise an interesting point there about the number of you know, devices in people's home that are connected to their network. Mm-hmm. I mean, as though in a um, business environment, someone will be examining, hopefully, all the devices on the network. So even if there is IoT products which are on, on the uh, enterprise network, uh, they will be accounted for. Well, when it comes to doing the same thing for this sudden, the sudden surge in remote working, you can't really have a risk assessment of everyone else, everyone you work for, everyone who works for you's home. I mean, who, a lot of people, there's going to be people who do know what's on their networks because, you know, it's a family home. They should have some idea, though, you know, who sometimes there's risks in there. But then there's other people like um, people in cities who are working in flat shares and you, they might not even really know who they live with. Uh, and really, they, or the mic sort of barely speaks to them, and they might not know how they've connected devices to the internet, and it all just creates um, all these additional little problems, which could create big challenges for for organisations. Absolutely, and um, you know, um, I mean, like really basic things, like in an office, you would have a different network set up for office work and personal work. How many people have got two separate broadbands for work and for home in their office? It's just not happening, and you know, in your house. Um, and as you say, you've got potentially, if you're looking at a house share, or even just you know anybody with two working people in the house, um, which is going to be most households that aren't single person. Right? Um, you're looking at two different work environments coexisting in the same network, which you would not normally do. Um, as you say, you've got a whole load of devices. Nobody's done any security assessment assessment on them, most likely. Um, and with Internet of Things, you know, there's so many well-reported issues with those default passwords that can't be changed and various different things. And, and almost certainly in a domestic environment, it's been installed straight out of the box without any kind of assessment at all. Um, and you only need one vulnerability to be found by somebody and they can potentially get wherever they want to go. So in terms of how likely is that to cause a problem? Um, actually, the most likely issues that you get, um, although there's an increase in the number of hacking attacks and people are more vulnerable to that, actually a lot of breaches that you see that the, that the ICO finds people for are even simpler than that. They don't require any skills at all. So you can imagine um, if somebody's dealing with, say, data belonging to a celebrity, for example, um, that data, if it's available to the people that they live with, could be really interesting. And I've certainly worked with organizations where we've seen that happen, where somebody's been excited to know something secret about a celebrity and called and told their friends. It's really easy to do when you're working from home and no one can see you do it. It's still a data breach and it didn't even require any skills to do it. Um, And those sorts of problems that can happen out of sight, they can still have the same consequences that they would anywhere else, but it's so much harder to control. So when it comes to data breaches, I mean, they've almost become a fact of life in a way when it comes to uh, organisations divulging them. I guess, you know, despite everything that's going on in the world, uh, GDPR still applies, um, data, data breaches are still happening. So what do organisations need to know in order to ensure that they are still compliant uh, despite everything that's going on in the world? 
Yeah, so the regulators have all come out and said that they're going to take a really pragmatic view at the moment, and that's very helpful. Um, but it can lead to some organisations thinking that this is a ball that you can drop. But you have to remember that regulatory enforcement and fines is, you know, is one of a multitude of things that happens if you have a data breach. Um, you, you have the reputational harm doesn't go away because of coronavirus. It can actually magnify in those situations depending on what's happened. Um, the and all of the challenges. So if you're having to report it to, um, you know, if you're a supplier. Um, to a larger organisation, the risk to that contract is still the same as it always has been. So data breaches are still really important to understand and control. Um, and, and as I said, it's, it's harder to do that at the moment. So um, one of the things that I see when I work with clients um, is that actually there's not much time and effort given to thinking about what a data breach would look like um, for many kinds of data breach. Um, early on in project planning and that's something that I think organizations could usefully think about now so when I see standard training for personal data breaches um, and information security breaches they tend to focus on things like loss of equipment or broken equipment or responding to a phishing attack and that's one kind of thing that can happen um, and they can also focus quite hard on what you might see in perimeter security measures as well but there are other things so accidental errors, um, making sure that people understand when an accidental error that they make counts as a data breach or counts as an information security problem. Um, and particularly when people are at home, they're often the sorts of things that you hope you don't have to admit to. So I sent data to the wrong person. I've accidentally corrupted this spreadsheet or changed this cell and I can't remember what it was, so I'll change it back to what I think it was. Right? All of those things are potentially problems. And depending on the impact of what you just did, um, it, it may be something that should be reportable, but either way, you're causing a problem to somebody. So the most important thing is, um, in my opinion, to think about what data breaches could look like. What are the things that could go wrong? What would they look like to somebody? How can you make sure that they understand when they've done something that actually needs to be fixed because it could cause a problem? Um, and how do you make them feel safe to tell the person who can help them to fix it? like there won't be bad consequences and they will get the help. That's super important, especially at a time when we really do have to trust employees to make sure that we know when these things are happening. Um, from an employer's point of view, you know, whatever else is happening, you, it's really important that you know that you'll find out about these things as quickly as possible because that's when you can easily fix the problems. The older they get, the harder it is to rectify any damage or even to investigate it. So building that trust with your employees while they're working from home, that's really important. So in terms of lessons which can be learned here, um, when we eventually go back to uh, you know, yeah. how things were or as near as they can be, uh, what do you think are some of the sort of key things that need to be taken away from the, 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 the sudden rise in, in remote working? and and how that has changed uh, the approach to uh, privacy uh, and data protection? So I think the first thing is that there's been so much more of a conversation around the importance of privacy by design and default. Um, and that's, that's a really great thing from my point of view. I think every information security or team in the country 
now has first-hand understanding of how difficult it is to send people home to roll out new technology when that technology doesn't include privacy out of the box. They, they now really understand how hard it is to roll things out quickly, how hard it is to roll them out safely, how many privacy issues can roll out of the woodwork over time. You know, there's been so much coverage of those things. Um, and I think that's one of the things that's really important. And I think, I hope people will take that back. But actually, when you're choosing things, this should be way higher up your list of priorities than I think it has previously been, both when you're building products and when you're selecting them. Um, the second thing, um, I think, is that actually, I think people have perhaps been a little bit bolder than they might now be in terms of bring your own device, in terms of information security training for people's domestic environment, and in terms of the risk of people's home working environments. Lots of people work from home all the time. You know, anybody who's got a laptop is probably doing some work in their house at the weekend. Um, people work on their mobile phone on a beach in a foreign country all the time, you know. Those things happen. Um, and a lot of the time, the policies governing that um, nobody reminds you of it before you go on holiday. Nobody's really thinking about who needs to understand this, who is likely to be doing um, high priority, high risk work from their house and making sure that actually you've done some assessment of that domestic environment and understood the risks that are um, accruing from it. And I'd like to see that as something that people actually improve now that they've seen that this is happening on a mass scale and it's just that bit more visible. Um, and then the other thing that I'd like to see is you know, more of an, an understanding of training and an understanding of how things should be used um, and how that should, the kind of responsibility, I guess, that employers have to making sure that people understand the risk of the job that they're doing, the way that they're managing the risks in their job, um, and also something about how that actually comes home with you, you know, that there is, if you are the expert, that you actually have a responsibility to protect your employees wherever they are, um, because that can be part of protecting yourself. And I think that's become much more clear now. Um, and I'd like to think it's something that people will carry into the future with them. Yes, it's very interesting how things are going. And it will certainly be interesting to see how things move forward into the future. And hopefully with some of the advice you've given here, it will help people do that. So uh, thanks for joining me on ZDNet Security Update. And for more uh, security news and advice on staying secure, both uh, remotely and, and at the office when we go back, keep reading ZDNet. Thank you for watching.